What is up, my friends? Just like that, we are on episode number three. My guest today, you may know as the drummer for bands like Mrs. Henry, the silent comedy creature in the woods. You may catch him around town slinging beer, making beer, doing all things beer over at Northern Pine Brewing. Um, one of the nicest humans, and an honor to have him as a friend. Please welcome Mr. Chad Lee. Tight. We're rolling. Sweet. Hell yeah. Hello. How's that tea? Delish. <laughs> yes, making my belly warm. My soul electrified. I do this every time. Every time I go to open something, I make a mess. In every, it's going to be like a new thing in every podcast. It's like, oh boy. what did Dolly spill this time? Ah, well, maybe it's a good omen, you know? Maybe. It's, like... it's always dangerously close to my laptop, though. That's, that, that's the danger part. Yeah. My goodness. This can's really full. What are, you, uh, what, what are you drinking there, Shane? This is the... Um, Black gold, oh. left over from Shane from the lovely Northern Pine. Sounds like a great brewery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man, I absolutely love all the beer there. I have to admit, though, I really miss the survival of the littest. Dude, that was our barley wine. Yeah, you would and crush that. I stuff, would man. get <laughs> lit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of the littest, you know. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was my favorite. It was like my go-to, like before every gig. Yeah. If I had a gig in relatively in close to town, because it was also on my way out of town, mm -hmm. right by my house, I'd be like, I gotta go get some of that, dude. I think the first time you came in, I poured you a full pint of it. Yeah. Don't, don't tell Aaron. No. <laughs> uh, more than one person's done that. I was on like, I was yeah. like, oh, here you go. Just, uh, yeah. oh man. It's I mean, crushed it. It is the best. Yeah. I think there's like a little bit in a sixth hole sitting around somewhere. Really? Yeah. But I know. I'm going to have to go hunt for that. The reserves. Is it going to come back? Are you allowed to talk I about that? I think so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll consult that with yeah, my lawyers. Yeah, they're going to hear. Yeah. I, can I just get a hard yes out of you and then just have to, it's on the internet, so you have yeah, to. They just bleep me out. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> we, don't, we don't edit. Oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, once, you, yes. once you speak it it's 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 alive all right good to that's know. the way i like it yeah oh man well uh yeah well cheers cheers yeah thank you for the tea absolutely uh, i'm glad to have you here this has been uh it's been fun i mean like we're this is episode three mm -hmm. so i had uh hollander in for number one and then followed by shane hall and both of those have exceeded my expectations so mm, far. They are been great. great, great people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been rad. I know I kind of already mentioned this to you before we got started, but like the, um, it's just really been everything that I wanted it to be in the sense of like I run into you often. Mm. I wish I ran into you more. But when I do, it's always somewhere out and yeah. there's things and we get to have conversations. I feel like I get to have better conversations and like more direct conversations with you than I do mm. with most people. I don't know why it just always works out that way. I am honored for that. <laughs> <laughs> but usually it's like somewhere and uh, one or both are drunk or there's other drunk people around. <laughs> and yeah. so it's just like yeah. scatterbrained of just like everywhere. And so being able to sit people down and be like, carve out some time totally we're just gonna chill yeah and drink tea or booze or yeah. whatever or both you know or both yeah. and uh <laughs> and yeah just like a rad dedicated like 
let's wrap out yeah i'm, I'm loving it it's I, been so rad i've always enjoyed running into you because we drop in real quick yeah it, even if it's like five minutes yeah we just drop in usually in a conversation and yeah. it's, i'm always like yeah all right cool. Like, <laughs> even if it's a quick catch-up like what are you doing right we're always doing something or it's like a how are you and then we drop in you know kind yeah. of thing and yeah. it's it's never uh we're never surface i feel like which is yeah i, I appreciate that ah agreed yeah. but it was cool and i feel like this happens a lot um i don't run into a lot of uh people i mean obviously you have a lot of there's just people you encounter you have those a lot of those but i feel like so many people have so many rad things going on mm -hmm. that it's so easy to just like jump into stuff because it's like i haven't seen you but i've seen x y and z and it's like boom boom we can mm -hmm. jump into some some rad stuff yeah um real quick okay. i just realized something i have there's some electronic in here i have to go unplug and I just realized that if I don't, it's going to kick on at some point, oh, and it's oh. probably going to sound crazy. Let's just I'll yeah. get, hop on the drums and we'll make yeah. a beat to it. <laughs> Two seconds. Okay. This is Shane going to turn off the electric devices. Music by Chad Lee. Do, 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 do. Shane is back. That's the end of the song. Pow. Man, still rookie hour over here. Huh. Well, I'm just, glad I figured it out when I did, because I could I could subtly hear it in the yeah. in the background just because I'm and I get used to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, that thing's on. Oh, it's not a big deal. And then I was like, oh yeah, the compressor's going to kick in, and that's uh, going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, it's that weird white noise where until it's off, you're like, oh, that was some it was noisy there. Stuff. Yeah, for sure. There's a refrigerator on the outside of my bedroom. Yeah. That I don't know it's on until it's off. Yeah. I'm like, oh, finally silence. Oh, <laughs> see, I'm, I'd be the opposite. I'd be like mad when it turns off i'm like oh bring the humming back oh right yes okay <laughs> absolutely i'm a i'm a no tv kind of guy like yeah. you know fall asleep but uh i definitely it would be the inverse so i can I yeah. understand well yeah. my my wife she has to have uh the fan on mm. all the time um for the noise or the wind for the noise okay she just likes to have that like thing going like silence i like i can do silence mm -hmm. i'm a, but she's like she'll wake up Mm. If it gets too quiet, she'll wow. be like, yeah. She'll be like, nope, fan's got to go on. Interesting. I'm like, you're a crazy person. Dang. Are yeah. you a snorer? No. Okay. Well, well. Depends how much tequila you had. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny is when I drink, apparently I love to sleep on my back, uh -huh. which I don't generally do, and but only when I drink. Right. Yeah. And then definitely I will wake up. Be I should change it. I will be woken up. Mm-hmm. At some point. Yeah. And she's like, bitch, you need to turn over. <laughs> I was hoping that could be her white noise for them. Yeah, she's like, yeah. oh, okay. No, that's not the good kind of white snoring, noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, man. But rad. Well, uh, I was thinking back to the uh, first time we hung out. Mm -hmm. We were at um, Nam. Yeah. Yeah, we got mm -hmm. to do a cool with little Preston. drum hang with Preston and Vessel, Vessel Drums. Yeah. Absolutely. That was dope. Dude. That was a good time. It was. Uh, I remember that was, I think that was my f second year at NAMM. But the first year was like, I think uh, we was there with Silent Comedy. Mm -hmm. And it was like, go, go, go. Ah, you can't really chill. And yeah. then I just came up with you guys. Or actually, I met you guys there. And we just got to chill. Yeah. And uh, hang yeah, out. Yeah, there was a bunch of us. We load up in Preston's truck. Yeah. And I remember, because that was my first time there too. Uh-huh. And um, I do remember at some point being a little overwhelmed. There's and, so much. And then I was remember also being like, I'm stuck. I didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was a great time. Oh it my was gosh. super cool. It's honestly, it's funny as being a drummer. 
you love to go to like the see all the drum shit mm-hmm. but also it's like the scariest part of that whole place because it's just chaos yeah so many different things going on people yelling there's the the meter police you're oh. too loud and then you like want to jump on a kid but then you know everyone's gonna watch you and you're like i don't know if i want to jump on a yeah, kid I, <laughs> I don't do that I don't, that's like my nightmare uh, i'm pretty sure the only thing i grabbed because i had never actually played it was the marching drum section because the, the the tension on the heads are so tight i there i just happened to have i think i had sticks but i yeah. was like i'm not bringing them out but i was like yeah, this yeah. is cool i could just kind of and then i realized very quickly this is a marching drum there's a lot of rudiments for these pros i'm getting the hell out yeah. of this like, <laughs> but it's super cool to play it because it yeah. just it's so tight and the rebound's awesome yeah like, everything else i just watched in awe i think um oh goodness i am i am such an idiot sometimes with recalling names but who's the guy um oh bernard purdy was there oh no way yeah and he you know the purdy shuffle yep and i remember that i think it was for tama or pearl maybe but he was uh there's like a youtube video of him he says oh yeah oh yeah try this try that like you know you gotta feel it you know <laughs> and i just never forget and i'm and i'm walking and i see that guy yeah. playing and all these people are just walking around and i was like who's this old guy and all of a sudden, I just have that moment. I'm like, oh, my gosh, legend. Like, yeah. only at NAMM, right? Yeah. Uh, only. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Like, so a bunch of that. Mm-hmm. But that's always been, like, another thing with me is uh, I'm not, um, and, and again, like, people might get tired of me saying this, but I'm so not, like, a drummer's drummer. Same. In the sense of, oh, like, same. I just don't, I don't know. Dude. Dude, can I just high five you on that? I'm just going yeah. <laughs> to. Dude, yeah. I'm in the exact same way. Yeah. I think I try to recall enough just to get by with real, real drummers, you yeah. know, just in conversation. Yep. But for the most part, I'm the same yeah. way. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, I stopped faking it at some point. Yeah. I just have always, I'm like, nah, I yeah, don't know. I know. And I'm like, yeah. And even like a lot of legendary people too. Like I just don't. Mm. I'm also that guy like, I feel like I'm going to disappoint you right now too. But I'm, I feel like I'm the guy that also is me. like. The Beatles, I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. Nah, yeah. it just doesn't really no, like, it just was never connected with me as far mm-hmm. as musically, as far as it being like something that I was incredibly interested. It's like another one of those, I understand it, I appreciate it, and I'm grateful for it. Yes. And it is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things where beyond that, I don't can't say that I've ever, uh, I've ever been in a moment where I was like, I want to go listen to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how many people I bum out when I say that. Yeah. I have so many people right now were like, I was going to subscribe. And they're like, bah, nah, maybe nope, not. Yep, nope. And I'm yeah. out. And then all the Stones fans are like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. dude. I mean, I'm, I, I'm in that same boat because, I mean, I appreciate and, and, and admire what they did when they did. Mm-hmm. But my upbringing was literally like, very limited. Mm-hmm. I didn't get exposed to anything for the most part, except for what was on the radio uh, till I was like in my late teens. And I actually started like gigging and doing this, you know, whatever you want to call it professionally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had to really start doing my homework more or less because I had to, not because I admired or like, I was like, in, like inspired by it. It was only in hindsight later that I'm like, I'm like, I understand what they did. And man, I'm so like grateful that they did that because it's like time locked forever yeah but i was i never got to listen to any of that as a kid growing up and um you know because of that there's always that same place where i'm like yeah it's 
the Beatles, they did exactly what they did. It's the Stones. Yeah. It's like, yep. and I appreciate it and admire it, but I'm not really totally inspired uh, as like the child thing growing yeah. up into it. Like, what was your thing? Yeah. You know? Same. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, I'm very grateful that we have the internet to be able to dive in through the biggest record store you know, for learning situations yeah. and inspiration, but I never got exposed to any of that, man, yeah. as a kid. It was... Well, that was the same for me. My dad, you know, my dad was young, dad, so, you know, so he was 20 years older. And so, you know, when I was 10 or, you know, let's say 14, probably when a time that probably matters most as far as like intaking music and stuff around that age, you know, my dad was 34. So basically the age, age I am now. Mm. Wow, that's crazy. I can't imagine I'm a 14. I, <laughs> I got to get so much more respect to my father than I probably yeah. ever have. But it's one of those, I think about that. That's crazy. But uh, but yeah, he was like heavy into punk rock. That cool. was his world. Yeah. You know? And it was one of those, it was the world that he just stayed in mm. too. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was what I was listening to all the time. Nice. And um, it was, so I did, wasn't getting any of like the classics of yeah. like classic rock or any of that stuff. So that uh -huh. was like, just so far over my head. Yeah. And just so many, I, even now just talking about it, like I can't think of how many times I go to like, we're jamming with someone and they go to play like a very iconic or well-known thing. I know of it, but mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I've only heard this handful of times mm -hmm. and it's something that someone's heard millions of times by the time they graduate high school. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it was interesting. It was like a weird dynamic. Yeah. My, my mom, when she was uh, in her, early 20s she was a singer yeah she was in a band but uh as she got older and i was born um she would she used to love singing at church all the time oh yeah so we'd be in the car together and i'd be helping her with her lyrics going through and she'd be trying to learn the songs and like all right go back to the so as a young kid i excuse me i understood like okay this is the verse this is the chorus mm -hmm. this is the bridge and so i would help her kind of learn these songs yeah kind of unintentionally learning structures right yeah and then we would sit in the car together and i'm by no means a singer although the mrs henry boys are trying to get me to sing <laughs> she would she would test me and she'd be like all right i'm gonna hold a note and then try to find the note and then we would sing just one note together yeah i remember trying to help her all the time for that so i was like around a lot of christian hymns and sings yeah. sings and stuff but uh for the most part, I was exposed with like my grandparents, just that '90s pop country man, oh, and yeah. I have such a sweet soft spot oh. in the closet for it. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a playlist called Country AF, and it's just, oh, Alan Jackson all over, oh, Tim McGraw. Like, go. I mean, dude, it is. I can. I mean, yeah. you give me some whiskeys, and I'll get me at the karaoke bar. That's all, pretty much all. Sing. Oh. I mean, I, I'll show dude, you my you're list. You're gonna be so <laughs> mad you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll go to Schmitty's on this and sing oh it up. Oh my god, that is like right up my alley, dude. But uh, but with that though, I in hindsight, I'm only uh, like one appreciating how much it's fun to sing those songs. But I feel like those songs were so uh, pop oriented, written that like I I feel like I just have an ear for easy pop melodies right yeah and just i'm not schooled in theory i'm not schooled in music none of that in fact i'm all pretty much self-taught um but i i have a I feel like i have an ear for that ear candy yeah that I'm just that we all do yeah but when it comes to trying to mixing it with uh the groups i'm in it's like oh what if we try it this way and i take the most dumb lame approach but somehow it works sometimes and i attribute that sometimes to the my exposure of just just the straightforward pop 90s country yeah. that uh, 
you know, I was able to listen to as a kid on the radio, KSON. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so good, man. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I love that. I feel like I, you know, I, I have come from a similar approach with that is I just, I know the things that um, I've grown to like, and there's a lot of stuff that I like that is in that vein where it's that really like simple and overly simplistic things that I know as like artists, we love to complicate things. Mm. And uh, I'm always trying to get back to like, how can I make it simple? Yeah. How can you get it simpler? Man, I know. <laughs> I, I feel fortunate enough to have, because I wasn't taught by mm -hmm. a teacher more or less, it's been always watching people, asking questions, and then in my own time rehearsing, which mm -hmm. I've never really had my own space. It's always been at gigs. And then for a short time with at the Silent Comedy House, we had a place, which was great. Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel like it's forced me to not be able to play all the crazy, you know, notes and stuff. So it's like it, it's it's allowed me to now make my own yeah. my style, which is pretty caveman jungle farmhouse, yeah. you know, just you know, and just the you know whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'll throw my little goods if I can feel it and it, yeah. and it works, but. A lot of it just comes from, I just can't play that fast. Dude, I, I can't love, do the doubles and I can't, you know, yeah. I'm like, it's just, it is what it is. I love like, so much that you're saying this right now. Like that makes me so happy because I, I've had this conversation with so many different people and I'm pretty sure I talked about this with Hollander mm. in saying that the thing that's kept me employed as a drummer mm -hmm. is my lack of ability. <laughs> but we don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Although now we just gave but ourselves it's the thing, away. It's the thing that almost makes you more employable, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't have all these tools to pull from or all these tricks to do, and I can't, if I even if I wanted to, try to pull that attention mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. So I, you know, I lean into feel, and I lean into, like you said, that kind of more caveman approach on just trying to make it feel as good as possible right. without trying to add any weird you know extra shit and yeah. uh and that combined with the fact that um a lot of drummers have a tendency to have a lot of other characteristics that keep them preventable from being hired a lot of times which is like being late or not responding all oh, those things everything like, yeah. outside of the drum kit yeah which yes. is that too so which is almost uh, more important than being 100%. behind the drum kit like. yeah well that's what i, I realized is that yeah. um at one time i realized that because i used to get down on myself which was dumb because it was my own fault because i wasn't really putting the time in to shed by myself mm -hmm. and learn all these things mm -hmm. and thinking that like man i'm just not qualified. i'm not good enough to do this i'm not good enough to do that and then but then realizing the value, I've realized my value and where it was. And I just doubled down on that on my skill set. And then also realizing that like these other variables that don't even involve playing and how valuable those were. Yes. And so I went, oh, okay. Yeah. So I started showing up early to every gig, you know, being there set up before anyone else is there to help them set up mm -hmm. to do all the things and all that. And I was like, well, if I'm, which is crazy and like kind of lame to say it, but like, if I ain't going to get hired for my skills, at least I might get hired for all this other shit. Yeah. You know, and I'm, Dude. I, at the end of the day, I don't care as long as I'm getting hired. Right. And that's, a, you know, it's, yeah, it's just part of it. Just being a good hang yeah. and, and doing what's asked for and, you know, uh, good attitude and willing. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's like 70% of sometimes being the drummer. Obviously, if you're coming in as a, I need you to play this verbatim on the notation. I got it, a chord, you know, all the all the sheets laid out. 
Yeah, it could be a thing. But if you're getting hired for a tour, yeah, you're getting hired for uh, a long session, you know, like where there it's a little bit more open for you to play. Mm-hmm. Man, just being able to hang and jive and like get along is so dang important. Yeah, and you know, I think personally on my end, I'm in the same boat. Like, I have been so blessed to have given all the been given all the opportunities that I've been able to do throughout my years, and you know, a lot of it came from just. I feel I'm just willing. And uh, in my younger years, I was the yes man. I told Mm -hmm. myself for two years, I'm just going to say yes to every gig. And then it gets to the point where you go, okay, I'm saying no now. Like, you know, but I, you know, just being willing and being fun and just down to try things and not give yourself limitations. You know, um, I should not have done what I have done. And yet I have. So there's something to it. And I don't have the answer yeah. uh, to quantify, but it's that. something within there, yeah. you know. Uh, and we cool. all—I feel like we all resonate that in our type group. Like we're all just good people, and we want to push each other to grow and get better. But no one's ever judging in like a true malicious way. We're always like, you know, hey, we're doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm like, yeah, that's inspiring. I'm gonna do that. Like, you yeah. know, let's let's all and we keep growing and just leveling up together, and like. My goodness, dude. I mean, That's the secret right there. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the encouragement. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. You I raise mean. the water. All the ships raise at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like... Man, so, uh, to, to go back to what you said about the simple playing, one of my most uh, memorable opportunities, speaking of something that I happened to do, was I got to tour with Mark Ford for two and a half months. No way. Yeah, and we did Mark Ford from the Black Crows. Yeah. Amazing guitar player, legend, okay? <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, yes, we all know. Uh, if you don't, <laughs> go check them out. Black Crows, beautiful rabbit hole. Uh, so with Silent Comedy, we were on the touring for a long time, and when we were in South By, uh, we met uh, Mark's son, Elijah Ford, also another great musician, great guitar player, singer, I've had the opportunity to also tour with him. Uh, we met him. And through our buddy, uh, Noah Likas, um, long story short, we started to visit him out in Austin, Texas, and we became good friends. And we would stay at his house. And uh, as things kind of progressed with silent comedy, like touring was getting kind of slower. And there was like this opportunity that was kind of given to me to be like, hey, uh, Elijah was saying, my dad needs a drummer. Would you want to do this? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? I, at this point, I my only career of playing was with silent comedy. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Like gigging and, you know, I, I had actually with Noah, um, him and I, he, he pushed me to start playing out outside of silent comedy. And we would do these duo gigs. I was terrified. I was so terrified because <laughs> it was so much more... Uh, spotlight. It was two mm-hmm. people. You know, you got to hold it down. You can't hide behind other instruments. But it was cool that we started to gig. <clears throat> and um, so anyways, this opportunity came up to me and Elijah called me and said, hey, do you want to do this? And uh, Silent Comedy was about to go out on a tour. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. It was a two week tour. Um, and he's like, are you sh- are you sure this is like a two and a half month tour and you're going to get paid and go around the country is a great opportunity for you to grow as a drummer. And I was like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Mark calls me. I'm like, Hey, he's like, Hey, can you do this? I'm like, I don't think I can do it, man. I'm so sorry. 
And I turned it down. No way. Dude, I turned it down. And Elijah, I love him to death because he called me and kind of just encouraged me lovingly to be like, dude, let's really think about this here. And like, this is going to help you grow as a drummer. And it's going to be an amazing experience. And you get to play with my dad. And I was like, yeah, okay. Oh man, I was so nervous. And I did it. I have a point to this story. I'm coming back around. I love it. So, (laughs) so you know, it was a whole thing. I'm like, first time in forever trying to learn someone else's songs as a drummer. I'm going to be getting paid. This is like, oh, man, I'm pro. I think I'm 20, uh, 25 at the time or something. And 26, maybe 25, somewhere in there. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. This guy is a legend. I am freaking out. But I'm down. <laughs> I know Elijah. He's my anchor. He's my bud. I'm like, oh, we're going to do this together. So we get there and uh, I learn all the songs. He flies me out. I feel like, feel like, bro, I'm coming down the, the airport. I got my snare drum. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, it's going to be the coolest thing. And we go and start rehearsing. And I, all I had been listening to was the album songs. Uh, and I'm learning it. And da, 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 da. we get into the uh, the house that we were staying at. And we had a couple of days to rehearse. And I'm, I am freaking out because the guys who are also pros, uh, Stu Jackson, Andy Lowe, wow. and uh, Elijah and Mark, they're so seasoned. And I'm like, oh, I'm so stiff. I'm terrified. I don't even know. I'm, I'm like, my tempos are just out of control fast. And like, I am like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. And, uh, you know, something that he just said, and the reason why that they hired me was that simplicity, just to sit there in the pocket and do the thing. And he was like, just sit back and chill and just play, man. And like, as we kept going, I mean, that tour was the most insane tour I've ever been on to play with players that were listening. It really, it really prepped me for the Mrs. Henry camp Mm. going into that thing. But I mean, formulated songs with sections for jamming. Uh, I mean, at one point it was, uh, it was, uh, Mark was soloing and I remember Stu who was on guitar and pedal steel was signaling to Andy for chord changes, just random ass chord changes. And Mark is soloing within that he's in front Wow! and they're just, they're just going, 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 going. And he's staying right there with us. And I'm just holding it down. Like every show, Shane, I was, I was terrified. I was terrified for the first month we did, we did the entire U S tour, but first month, I mean, I was so rigid to do any fills or anything. I was just like, hold the song down, you know? And by the end of it, I started loosening up and, uh, you know, really taught me a lot. And another thing that they, uh, he uh, was really big on was that late snare hit. Oof. Just, you know, and I, I, I didn't understand it. It was only until years after we were done that I really get it. Yeah. And I was actually doing late kicks, mm-hmm. which is wrong, but like, <laughs> but it works, you know, Therefore I was doing, wrong. I was doing a late kick and a, and a late snare, but everything was still in time and yeah. some weird stuff, man. But he was so, so amazing to, to be able to watch and sit in and really embrace all that, uh, um, uh, just in the moment creativity of just flow. Right. You have to follow it. You, yeah. He gives a cue. It was some like James Brown stuff. He just, okay, we're going. We're going. We're stopping. You know, the change is going to be here. And it, yeah. every night it was a little different and it really put my brain into a place that uh, now, you know, with the monkey drumming, and the simplicity, listening to your bandmates really takes up all that space that you would probably want to put fills in and stuff. Yeah. You know? And uh, when someone goes somewhere, the trust and love to 
the whole band shift and go there and then no one to get out of it. Uh, I mean, all of those in a nutshell is like I got from that one little tour, yeah. which was a long ass tour. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's like fast track, you know, college oh. course, you know, on oh, PhD level, yeah. dude. And I'm yeah. sitting there as like a sixth grade student going in like, <laughs> okay, like, oh, but so, so amazing. Yeah. And um, again, like so grateful that I shouldn't have gotten that opportunity, but I did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out to all those boys because they are wonderful, wonderful That's people. That's super cool, man. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. How'd you, how'd you, so you said that was like probably your first like professional gig in like silent comedy was in that time era. So mm -hmm. how'd you get started? Like how, I don't think I've ever, we've ever talked about that. Like how'd you end up playing drums? How did you kind of where, what happened prior to silent comedy? Yeah. Uh, well, so even getting into silent comedy is a very strange story, but it it started with my mom dating a dude. All right, and Tight. yeah, that's that's it. That's the story. Yeah. And uh, his son had a band uh, in their garage. It was a garage band, and his son played drums. So as they were dating, I would sneak out and play drums all the time, mm. and I got the that was it. The one beat just wormed into my brain, and my teachers hated me ever since. Like I was playing on my desk nonstop, incessantly. I would get kicked out of class because I'm just playing with my hands and <laughs> I wouldn't stop. Uh. So my mom, you know, we tried to scrounge up some money and I got like maybe a handful of lessons as a kid, but it was never like beat oriented. It was basic, you know, kick snare, you know, yeah. stuff. And uh, she bought me my first drum set and we lived in apartments. So I'd have to go and knock on everyone's door and be like, hey, can I play drums? And I'm sure they were like, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know i'd only play for a little bit and i kind of had like this fascination with drums without ever actually being able to play fast forward to high school and um still playing for fun but i got really into punk rock and hardcore and metal mm -hmm. and there was that metalcore scene mm -hmm. you know which which the san diego community at that time was for me was so amazing just a close group of friends and um, started a high school band, Double Pedal. Uh, you know, it was very much like... Symbols everywhere. Actually, I only had... I had a China, for oh, sure. 100%. Yeah, that Wuhan. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it, ironic. Oh, I don't even... Yeah, that's yeah. weird. But anyways, every, all the drummers <laughs> gonna, know. Whoop. Yeah. I had... Uh, oh, my God. I had the Zildjian Z... Yeah, uh, just just a rock of a ride. I yeah. mean, if you, if you tried to crash, you'd Basic break a Zildjian. stick. Entry level, like yeah, and then there was some a custom which which my the guitar player, uh, Orly Ramirez, it was his drum set, his drum set, yeah, and uh, I got to play on his stuff all the time, so it was great. Yeah. His mom had like a garage, and we would go and play, and uh, when we did play out, we would play at churches, you yep. know, and the hardcore scene was like all about that, right? And bands would recognize us because all of our gear smelled like cat piss. Oh, <laughs> so my they're all, God. They're all, oh, we've played with you guys before because you guys got the smelly gear, man. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> these cats would sleep in the kick drum and I would, boom, I'd hit it and they'd run out. No um, way. So I actually was very fortunate to do that at an early age. And we made a, we made a record like up at Love Juice back in no the day, way. 14 years what old. What was the band? It was called With Hope's Last With Hope's? Breath. Okay. Yeah, I put up a couple of tracks on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you could check out, like, because I just wanted to timestamp it and put it yeah. out there. It's it's fun. We were, you know, 14-year-old kids. Um, but that was my first experience recording, and I was like, man, I got, I got that bug. I'm like, this is, would obviously be great if we could do that. 
And in a, we had our friend uh, Sal Torres. He was kind of managing us, even though we were kids. You know, it was like, and that time that music was going. The oh, yeah. Warp, Warp Tour was doing its thing. It was massive. Had we been eighteen, we probably would have run with that mm -hmm. band. Uh, thankfully, didn't happen, and it's kind of become a caricature of, of itself. But uh, as a drummer, it really tested me to to blast beats, da, 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 you know, yeah. and double kick and like you know off timing like halftime like that, breakdown stuff that right there was what got me right the fast stuff again going back i never had the skill set to pull off like double bass pedal mm -hmm. for more than like a couple like spurts of things yeah. so that's where and then all of a sudden we would come to like the heavier stuff and you get to like the chugga, 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 dude, chugga, and that, chugga. i was like okay i yeah. can do that yeah like dude. that's where i was like mm, the slow stuff uh, let's go slow and heavy that was dude. that was my shit and the beat patterns right you yeah. get really intricate but we're still holding down the, yep. like the four four or whatever you're in yeah and uh side note i feel like when dubstep was kind of first coming out i really truth be told i really did like it for a hot second because <laughs> it reminded me of hardcore breakdowns mm -hmm. i was yeah. like oh, this is sick, you know? And then again, it kind of became a character of yeah, itself. But yeah. uh, moving after that, high school went through and, you know, we all became adults and whatever, whatever that is. Uh, started smoking weed. I was like, oh, life. And I'm learning about myself and, you know, experiencing just reality and wanting to be more calm and self-aware. And I just kind of stopped playing music for a bit. And uh, then I then I uh, started playing in a, in a reggae band, like a sublime SoCal no reggae way. band. Oh yeah, with my uh, with my buddy Gino, and who actually still oh Gino Gino dude I know Gino yeah, yeah Barbara Gino no way yeah man and so, uh, he's great dude he, yeah. he that guy writes great melodies great guitar lines he and uh, his band uh, Dead End Pacific is mm -hmm. uh, right now, but um, we would make these cool songs and it, it was like this weird middle ground between like the crazy metal then the reggae and i was like this is fun and um kind of just kept me still playing i had my gear i pulled it out and i just never really stopped right i just was mm -hmm. like i would play and then i put it away and then life would just pull me back and say hey you got to keep playing drums here okay so I'm playing this reggae and then that kind of fizzled out and then <clears throat> i moved to oceanside and i'm sitting there and uh i lived in this cool little beach cottage i had room for drums and i was like Hey, uh, to my neighbor, could you mind if I play? Fuck yeah, go ahead, man. All right. So I'm playing. And at that time, my cousins, uh, Jeremiah and Josh Zimmerman, they were out in Europe. They were out with uh, the Killers doing just photography and running with them. They were great buds. And they came back with all this inspired uh, information about just how to just go. Make the machine and go, you know? And they had already their band uh, at the time. If you had ever gotten a chance to check out the silent comedy in the early days, it was like a carnival fiasco. There was like 20 people up on stage, you know, and everyone's playing something and singing and yelling and sweat and everyone's got ties on. This that was, was the like, first time I ever saw, I hadn't met you yet, mm -hmm. but the first time I ever saw the silent comedy was like that the belly up. Yes. And I think that was with Mumford, right? No, or was that it was with, um, it was the Bro-Am after party. Bro-Am, yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And I came out and uh, I was there for some, I was doing something with the Switchfoot boys and, mm -hmm. and uh, I, you guys came out and I was, and you guys that had that heavy, like that two beat uh -huh. kind of like really, everything seemed really syncopated. Foam, just, foam, you know, foam, yeah. Foam. And I was just like, 
this is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who, where that? Where did this come from? Oh man, and I think at that time we were uh, touring heavily, so we were yeah. tight. We were so tight at that point. Yeah. Like, you know, you just get on the road and it's just, just yep. you know, airtight. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's that was a good time. And uh, so they came back with all that knowledge and they called me up randomly and I hadn't talked to them in years at this point. And they were like, Hey man, are you, are you still playing drums? And I was like, yeah, totally. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I was always spiritually, but like yeah. I wasn't actually playing and they're like, yeah, man, well, uh, we got a gig up in San Francisco and we would love to, uh, our drummer at the time can't make it and we need somebody to fill in. Can you come down and maybe check it out and, and see? So I, they like, they like, uh, what do you call it? They like uh, auditioned me almost. Yeah, I hadn't seen these boys in years, and yeah. I show up and I was like, "I'm gonna dress the part, put on the tie, do all this put stuff, the, put the shit on." And I had just shaved my beard. I had a big old burly beard, and I shaved it. And I walk in, I'm like, "You all got beards?" Like, like God, shit, damn, damn it. it! And they're like, "You shaved your beard." I look like a baby, right? And I wasn't even 21 <laughs> yet. I was like barely 20. Um, I get in, and I just I'm a heavy player, so I was, and at that time I was extremely heavy, like bad form, breaking sticks, breaking cymbals. But they loved that. All the other drummers that had come in for auditions, they were like, uh, just... Afraid to hit. Uh, they, they were just, yeah. you know, in that mid-range, which is solid, great for probably recording. But like for the live, which is what they were doing, they were like, dude, you just came in, nothing because you're my cousin. They're like, came in, you nailed it. And, they, and I was like, oh, thank God, because that's what I do. So that first show was the Independent up in San Francisco. No way. Yeah. This thing was sold out. It was with uh, Razor Light. You remember that? It's a European yeah. band. Dude, I am terrified. I am terrified. I'm like, I went from nothing to playing this. Like, wow. holy shit. And I remember uh, my buddy, uh, Ricky Tushes, he was always like, just play as hard as you can. It's going to sound the best. And so during the the quick line check that we got, tons of people, the the gal was like, all right, give me the kick drum. And I am, I am hitting this drum so hard. So yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then as soon as I played the beat, my my uh, dynamic range just came way back. And she's like, "What happened? Oh, you're." And I'm realized like you can't you can't go hard for the for the sound people, yeah, right? Nope. Okay, I'm like quickly learning. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> tricks uh, of the trade. Tricks of the trade, man. Yeah. And so that show happened, and I, my mind was blown. I'm like, is this is this what it's like? Mm -hmm. Is this what being in a like a working band is like? So I go home, and I was dating a gal at the time, and we were, you know, uh, doing our thing and we went separate ways and I'm sitting there in my house and I'm looking at all this crap and I'm like, I don't need any of this. I need to save money. I need a drum kit. I need, I need to do something to, to, if this is even an option, I want to go that option. So I got rid of my house. I got rid of, I had a motorcycle, sold that thing. I sold all my furniture, literally went down to bare bones and I lived in a tent in front of my friend's house in Encinitas. Holy shit. It was awesome. It was glamping, but <laughs> yeah. I was in a tent out front and uh, they let me live there for over a year for free. And I shit showered and cooked inside, but I slept out front and uh, I saved up all my money, bought a drum set that I still play today. And right after that, as I'm doing this, silent comedy guys were like, dude, we're, we're actually playing more. Do you want to come back and keep playing? And I was like, yes. And it all just lined up. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, if I hadn't made that gnarly decision to go save up money, to get a drum set, yeah. to get road cases, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But I took the chance and I did it. And so we slowly transitioned into like, all right, we're playing a bunch in town. Then we're starting to play out of town. We did a West Coast tour. We did two West Coast tours. 
We went out east, we went to South by, we came back and we just were on the road. We were on the road at that point, like pushing it, pushing it. I mean, we were road dogs, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, on that for a very, very, very long time. And uh, we started getting management that was working with us and uh we had some amazing opportunities to go and play like at the gorge with dave matthews and wow. dude we got to do uh the wreck the halls at the sports arena oh, yeah and with this with the rotating yep. uh, like stage in front of ten thousand people i'm like oh my, you know i mean i got to work with um uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name right now the uh boyd tinsley from dave matthews mm -hmm. a violin player i don't think he's with him anymore but did a music video or like a video for him that was a crazy story he just like literally stuck us in a studio and said play just play and we're like we don't do that like <laughs> but we figured it <laughs> yeah, out yeah uh and so you know we did that for a very very long time i forgot where i was going with this story but that's kind of like the silent comedy yeah. pre and then while we were road dogging it yeah uh that whole time and then uh silent comedy you guys have kind of come in and in and out kind of over the last couple of years here and there mm -hmm. are you guys still playing at all yeah yep cool. so two years ago we did like this flying gig to big sky mm -hmm. uh it was a big sky festival flew into montana yeah and that was cool i think um two of the boys had babies and they're so cool yeah and um uh so i think we're going to be actually going back into the catalog and Josh and Jay are going to be pulling some new exciting things out from stuff that we workshopped in our garage. Oh, no way. And then we're going to be reapproaching it and putting out some fun stuff. Rad. Uh, I don't know exactly how it's going yeah, to be, yeah. but it, that'll probably that's be the dope. next chapter. That's yeah. very cool. Um, and then, so from Silent Comedy, you kind of dove into the, to, with Mrs. Henry. Yeah. So, so to, to go back to that opening store with Mark mm -hmm. Ford. So at the end of all that beautiful chapters of like seven years, it was a long time all through my 20s. Uh, it ended, not ended, but we just, uh, we kind of shut down the band house mm -hmm. and kind of disassembled just a bit and um, kind of just took a step back and uh, wanted to regroup in life, you know. And during that time, I was like, didn't have a house, didn't have a car, was riding my bike. I'm like, I got to, I got to do something, you know. And so I wanted to keep playing. I had all this experience and I just was trying to let the universe like give me something. So, um I was uh, friends with the Redwoods group down in uh, OB at the time. And um, they, Matt Malaris was working with Roger Molina with Creature mm. in the Woods. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was down at that house quite a lot. And I met Roger through Matt. And Matt has a studio down there. <clears throat> and he was like, dude, you want to come just put some drums on this? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I started doing my thing with there. End up uh, really being buddies with Roger and um, he had it like his duo thing at the time and it was slowly kind of, excuse me, getting bigger. And um, from that, uh, Daniel Cervantes was putting guitar on uh, Creature in the Woods stuff. Uh, and that's when I met Dan. Yeah. And so then we kind of were all hanging out and just doing our thing. And I was down there a lot and uh, um, we all went to, Pappy and Harriet's are out in Joshua Tree for the, what's that, Flam, Flim Flam? There was a... I'm not sure. There was something, there was a big, uh, with uh, Grandpa Drew out there, like there was a big yeah. show and we I just went out to hang and I met everybody and we all kind of bonded. 
So we get back and Dan, um, Dan wanted me to come play. Muddy Waters had just passed. Mm. And he's like, dude, come in, uh, play with us and just sit in for a jam. Again, I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, uh. <laughs> and so uh, go in and I meet uh, Jody Bagley for the first night. Monster. Uh, monster of a player. I and love it. The nicest, kindest dude. I love that dude. I know. I know. And what a pipes that man yeah. has. Such an angelic voice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a player on the keys of everything. Uh, actually, he can play mostly everything. You know, he can, like yeah. picked up the guitar the other day. I'm like, what? Yeah. He can play that too. Well, like, I worked with him on the on Kimmy's records. Mm, and, yes, that's uh, right. Yeah, I love watching him work. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, he's super creative oh. and like putting vocal parts together and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. His uh, harmonies too. He's one of those ones where I always lean when things that we're looking for something. I always look to him, see how he's reacting. Yeah, and to figure out whether it's worth it or not. I know. And he, he's usually. With, I love that how honest he is too. The nicest, kindest dude, but he's also so honest uh-huh. to say, mm, "Yeah, well, I know, I know, so good, I know." Sometimes you can't. Yeah. He's so stoic because he's standing there, yeah. but he's he's got his glasses on. I'm like, "Are you looking at me? Are yeah, you know, what, exactly. what's happening?" Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful being. Yeah, uh, but that night was kind of like a uh, an origin moment for moving into Creature in the Woods and Mrs. Henry, okay. which we all were circling around together and playing at that point. And that was probably 2017, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a first ch- big chapter change for me to start playing with these guys, more or less like, I, well, I mean, we're, we're doing it and we yeah. still are, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of transitioning out of the silent comedy era, but like that was that I'm saying yes to everything. Yep. And that beautiful thing was again blessed in front of me, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna do this. Like, uh, let's roll with it." And and the creature stuff is so cool because yeah. I just sit back, yeah, you know. And the boys take over. Like they're they're the show. The voices and all the play. I'm just sitting there giving that beat the whole time, you know. And like I don't have to I don't have to stress about. Yeah playing with that yeah it's like i love that yeah that's some a, of the such a good show oh man and recording with that stuff too yeah. like it was beautiful um and then the the mrs henry stuff obviously is very much the opposite like i i am full-bodied yoga's like mind going into those sets i am <laughs> every limb every finger every bit of hair i used to have is like just ready and go i mean it is it is a non-stop flow from beginning to end and uh you guys are <clears throat> one of the most entertaining and <laughs> like i love watching you guys play man. thank you shane i've seen you guys play every everywhere mm. And uh, but I can think of so many moments of just like Casbah or wherever. It's just like even at Northern Pine, you guys played Northern Pine. Yeah, I that's right. Like, that's right. I can't believe this is happening right here. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, it's so good. Just Dude. it's yeah, that's an incredible group mm. that you guys have, and what you guys have done musically is insane. I, I, yeah, we you know we're taking the the tape analog approach on all the recordings, and that's a crazy endeavor. I know you have some experience with that too, yeah. and it's just. Uh, amazing to try to write some of the stuff we're doing and then have to nail it Mm -hmm. like and i'm so to play with those guys they're very much open to the idea of like if that's what happened that's what we got and it's great and the and the crazy part is is then we have to go back and learn what we did (laughs) and then perform that live so it's kind of a beautiful like universal 
thing where this moment in time happened and now we have to recreate it all the time. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like being in the kitchen. You make something, you're like, oh, thank God I, I wrote it down. Right. I recorded it. Now I got to remake it for my boys and my family and all everyone that comes over, you know. Yeah. So create crazy, uh, crazy time with them. They're, they're very much on that same flow that I was experiencing with Mark where in the middle of the song, if somebody decides to go, we're all going with them and we're supporting them. And uh, and sometimes I go. Some and I don't like the solo very much like that. They're always like, "Go, oh, damn!" I'm like, "No, man, I don't, don't want to do that." Like, you know. But every once in a while, like some of yeah. those old poorhouse gigs that we did when it was three hours long. Oh yeah, I'm just like, "Fuck it!" And I just <laughs> and I'll take the song or yeah. I'll I'll go from like this, and I'm like, "Nope." We're going here, and they're gonna follow. And they're like, "All right, here we go." Here we go. Yeah, that's so I mean, good. It's uh, yeah, it's yeah. quite an experience. I always say that my my biggest inspiration for drumming is probably not even a drummer. It's Carl Sagan. No way. That's so good. <laughs> and if you think about it, just embodying the the idea of spirit and like just where we are in the universe and how it all works together, and our contribution back to it and what it gives to us and the symbiosis of it is really how I try to approach when I play drums now. You yeah. know, I think in early on, it was a very ego, fear-driven, like, I just got to get through and play very hard. Yeah. And now I try to be very present and like, okay, let's mold and shape this thing for the people as well as us. Yeah. Because it's just as much a gift to be on stage, even if no one's there playing with your bandmates. Mm-hmm in addition to performing and then giving someone Absolutely. a show. Well, know? I think, and that's like touching on that. That's where, for me, I learned so much about the music I'm creating with people is when we play live. Like live is where you kind of really get to see how the songs stand. Cause mm. it's great when you get to do it in a room and you're in a studio and, and that's one, it's its own thing. Uh, but I'm, when I play, you know, being playing drums, you all, I always joke, you had the best seat in the house all mm-hmm. the time, all the time. I get to watch, these people that I get to play with, some of the most talented people, I get to watch them play and be a part of it. And I'm always grateful for that. But also being able to watch the communication that's taking place and the exchange that's taking place between the audience and the band. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just always had this intention of staying aware and paying attention to what's happening in a room, watching the people, seeing how people are reacting and they're kind of ebbing and flowing with us mm-hmm. seeing what worked like mm-hmm. when something happened and seeing like oh my god everyone just turned around and they were like what you know like mental note yeah that's something that oh that stays yeah. or seeing like stuff where it goes the other way sometimes too but uh yeah it's that's like such a interesting kind of position to be in and then see yeah. that kind of but i love that like that like i don't even know how i just got to where i was talking about that right now but something you said just made me start thinking about the communication mm, side yeah of music which you are is- very good at that like when i watch you play I, I have a problem with one we we are cursed as the drummers having the light always in our oh, eyes yeah. and it's just black sea yes um but you're very good at still recognizing outside of the kit as well as the people around you mm. like you know i'll walk in and you're just like, hey, you give the quick little, what's up? You know, like you're very good at that. Um, I I have not quite uh, grown into that uh, suit yet because I very much, I think I get more, we're on the spaceship here. Yeah. But I think it's such a good quality to add that to your, to your arsenal of being able to like recognize the crowd. And I think sometimes for me, I don't want to do that because I'll, I feel like this is my own 
ego struggles, like I'll enjoy it too much and uh-huh. I'll get distracted. Yeah. And so like, and that's where my, my uh, discipline needs to come yeah. in a little bit more. So uh-huh. I just like, all right, I'm gonna stick here with the guys and then everyone's gonna be dancing. I'm just gonna assume everyone's dancing, but like, yeah. but you're so good at that too. Cause you're just laying in the pocket <laughs> yeah. and you're just like, so, so go, Hey, hey, hey oh, Shane. All right. Boom. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, well, man. I just, I, I'm just always kind of surveying. Mm-hmm. I like to survey. I like to see that the dialogue and so that's but that, that happens is all of a sudden someone walk and like you're walking i'm not gonna like oh i'm not gonna say hi. you know i, I have i can't yeah. it's one of those things where it's also but there's another side of that too like i can get caught up and mm. sometimes in that and kind of be like oh yeah wait i'm up here with these guys right, <laughs> you know? right. so it's a give and take a dance, thing you know. it is for sure yeah uh but it's yeah it's a unique man i always i always talk about the drums from that perspective mm. it's just such a unique seat in the house yeah Get to do that. I'm super grateful I know. that music does that. Right. The I like to say the drums are the uh, the obviously the heartbeat, and the bass is the blood. Mm. You know, and obviously the other instruments are just as essential. And you can get metaphorical for the whole body. Sure. But drum and bass. You know, as long as we're just right there and everyone's still able to groove and dance, it's essential for the yeah, whole thing. Absolutely. And to be able to recognize you're the heart. And you get a little adrenaline rush. You want to push the tempo a little yeah. bit, or you know, take that shot of whiskey and you want to slow it way down. <laughs> All right, like yeah. you know, like it's a lot of power. It is, and yeah. Not to I always, it. I always joke that that like, you know, lead singers or the, they always like to pretend they're in control. Mm. They're not. As long as you got a drummer on the stage, yeah. it all it revolves around that. I know the speed, tempo of everything. Oh. It's like it all. You know, it's it's it's. But also the weight. There's a lot of like weight that you know gets carried in that too. Like you could really fucking train wreck. I've trained wreck some songs oh, being in too. that position. <laughs> oh me too. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, it's uh you get the nightmares thinking about that. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm uh the uh with the with the Mrs. Henry boys, like our tempo changes, especially on this new record that's about to come out, it's pretty wild. And I actually have a pretty <laughs> like wild tempo hmm. my shit just always oh, pushing and pulling but we've actually adopted that i feel in the band where we'll intentionally do this sticky pull and then boom there's the one kind of thing yeah. or we'll just start speeding it up and speeding it up and a lot of people think that's very faux pas you shouldn't do that you should stay straightforward which i think there's some songs in certain oh, yeah. styles you should be but um for me that i just naturally do that like again super blessed with those guys because it makes the song which again you then we have to do that yeah like, <laughs> yeah that's true so, yeah. yeah 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 it's true but there's so many times where that totally just is part of it you know and again going it back to it, like it's this is a it's a thing that's happening you know and, and that, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's very grid oriented and mm-hmm. it's just very repetitive and it has to be on that grid and the feel is revolved around it being on that tempo or whatever the case may be, but like how often though, there's like these things that happen and they're like, well, it's a free flowing thing. Like we're all in this as humans together and we're all experiencing this thing. And there's parts of it that want to go and there's parts of it that want to sometimes sit back Mm -hmm. and it can happen. Yeah. It's not like always bad. Right. That's a battle sometimes too, to get people to understand that. Yes. And some people don't want to do that. Some people don't know how to do that. And then, and some people do, you know. Yeah. I've seen you do that with Shane, you know, where he'll be just like, all right, we're just keep going, keep keep rolling, yeah. keep rolling. 
and then you know he does that quick and then yeah you're, you're right there with him you know and uh man i that's a sacred zone i think for band players you know it's you want to tread lightly and not get masturbatory and just mm -hmm. be the you know wanking solo and yeah. everyone's just like okay you know but if everyone's doing this little like pop here and a pop there and maybe you hold it for a second and mm -hmm. everyone's listening that's very entertaining and then you get out you know yeah. you get in and you make them want it and you get out yep. you know don't stay there too long yeah but you know everyone uh just uh admire it yeah yeah that's cool I'll live for that <laughs> i um was thinking about so we were talking on the topic of uh miss henry stuff mm -hmm. i'd love to talk about the last waltz yeah um leave on helm yeah man goodness yeah. you guys did such a killer job thank going you going through that that was such an amazing show thank you man um and uh just for the listeners to note that you guys put out a documentary mm -hmm. to go alongside that is yeah. that um where is that viewable it is on YouTube. YouTube. Um, I believe that's the only platform currently. Okay. I'll I'll make sure that I'll put it in the link. Yeah. Have it there. Thank you. Yeah. People need to see that. Right. And for anybody that doesn't know The Last Waltz, uh, the band, which was the band back in the day who played with everybody, was Bob Dylan's backing band. Um, towards the end of their career, did a giant show with all their friends and family called The Last Waltz, Martin Scorsese documented it made a music film out of it um that you can watch the live performances and some of the back dialogue and the band uh doing their thing and um yeah we at the time we were doing these <clears throat> three hour uh gigs we were calling mothership excuse me and um we had already been playing some of the band songs on our own because dan was a big fan mm -hmm. and um Word had kind of gotten around that we were doing that, and Chad from the Belly Up uh, was putting a Last Waltz kind of show together, hmm. and we were recommended by someone to be hit up and say, "Hey, do you want to do this?" And at the time, we were very busy with stuff, and uh, <clears throat> I remember the conversation coming to us, and I was asked, "Hey, do you think we should do this?" And I actually said, "Hell no." Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, man, like, dude, we are so busy. The, the amount of material that we would have to learn and the caliber that we run on, like, dude, we're going to, no way. It's just, there's just no way. And, uh, you know, Jody is very quiet, but when he speaks up, we all listen mm -hmm. and he's like, guys, like, this is very important. I think we should do this. Like, okay. Okay. And, you know, for me to get back to our opening kind of topic was like i i'm not familiar with the band i knew like the weight mm -hmm. and a couple songs but i didn't know the history of the band i didn't know the style of music that the band played so i was so overwhelmed and just like oh my god how how am i gonna do this you know um but what we did is we sectioned i think the songs like or the the playlist that we did was like 30 something songs and we, what we ended up doing is making playlists online. It was like in increments of like 15 or 12. And literally, Shane, I was in my car just listening to them over and over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. And we practiced two days a week at a uh, rehearsal space. Um, and man, learning the Levon stuff, I'm sure you're, you know, but it's like 
he's just so he's very similar to how we play. It's mm -hmm. just very, you know, sitting in there in the pocket, but he's that feel kind of guy. And sometimes when I had to really listen to what he was playing, I'm like, what? Like, so his a big thing for me was he was riding on the on the kick drum all mm -hmm. the time. So he's doing this four four beat, but he's got quarter notes on the kick drum. Mm -hmm. Just riding on yeah. the kick drum it's and like I, fluttering kind of just boom boom yeah. boom 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 on uh, most what? of his beats. He's just playing yeah. quarter notes on his kick drum and like it gives that dancey feel. Yeah. And you know, it's old it's old recording. It's not so prominent in the mix, but it's just there to feel it. And I had to really be like, why does this why does this groove feel this way? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, he's doing this. I had to like tweak all my EQs in my car and pull up all the bass. I'm like feeling the boop, boop, boop. I'm like, I think that's his kick drum. I'm like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. So learning these grooves, dude, it was insane. And um, to play with a horn section, pressure. Mm. Because I got to be on my game because those guys are reading sheet music and like they can't run with us that fast, but they did, man. Yeah. The, oh, they killed it, dude. Uh, um, and uh, so yeah, we we rehearsed for three months trying to get this thing going, and then had all the guests come play with us. So in the original Last Waltz, you have people like uh, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Van Morrison, Muddy Waters, like all these people that came and played with them. So we got San Diego artists to come and play with us, and uh, man, we just had. The best of the best for San Diego coming yeah. to play. That could do it. We, there was a lot of people that were unable to yeah. and stuff. And, um, uh, you know, we wish we could have had more. But everyone that did show up and play, we had to schedule rehearsal times with them, too. Mm -hmm. And we probably got maybe two rehearsals with all the guests. And they're half the songs, you know. So that was a little stressful, too. Like, hey, you going to show up on the day of and make sure you got your stuff right? And, of course, everyone did. Nailed it. And uh, we... Um, yeah, we uh, we did a dress rehearsal down in our space in Otai, brought the horns down there, and um, Jesse put all the music together and did all the horn. He arranged all of the sheet music, which is so crazy. I don't even have the mind to do that, but he's so smart to, to put that all together. And uh, did a rehearsal, showed up the day, and man, it was just a night to remember. I uh, know you know, and yeah. uh, I almost yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I made it because I remember that night very specifically because I had had a bunch of other stuff that was happening during the day, mm. and I had tickets to go, and I was like one of those things where I was like, man, I just don't know if I can do another. And that by that at that time too, I was playing with like I don't know 17 bands or something. It was what it felt like, yeah. you know. And so I just had Only. gigs everywhere. And so I was just like, I just don't know if I can do another night. Yeah. I'm just, I'm beat. I'm just beat. I, know. I just need like, and then I was like, I had that moment of like at home, I think I had undressed and was like, oh, I'm just going to, and all of a sudden I started thinking about it. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and I like threw on clothes real quick, yes. headed down there. And I got oh. there right as you guys are starting. And uh, it was, like you said too, you had so many like iconic and just great San Diego people involved mm -hmm. that everyone wanted to be there. Goodness. I mean, Besides the fact, like, even if you didn't have that, everyone was going to be there for that. Right. But it's just like, yeah, it just had this thing where it's this communal thing that was happening. And mm -hmm. it was like, it's special. It was a really, really rad night. The, the, the energy in the room, it, I will never forget it. I felt so terrified and yet calm at the same time. And when I sat at the drum kit, it was one of those things where I was like, we're in. And once we opened up 
uh, the first song, it was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I hugged every single person that got off the stage. <laughs> like when they were done, I was just so grateful. And I was yeah. like, we're still doing it. We're still doing it. And we, we, I didn't take a break for the full three hours that we were yeah. up there two and a half, you know, um, it was pretty cool as a side note. I, uh, the snare drum that I have on that record is like a sixties Ludwig. That is the eight lug. Is that how it is? There's like mm -hmm. the 12 and then there's like the one with like less there's eight or six, maybe it's six. Yeah. Yeah. I got one right there oh yeah uh yes exactly exactly <laughs> uh and i found that snare drum yeah. up in uh, grant's pass oregon no there, way. there was we were playing uh, we were on the road with uh ryan bingham and we were taking a break and there was like a thrift store or whatever and my bandmate comes back and goes dude there's like this old drum and it's all white on the inside i've never seen a drum like that and i was like what that what? sounds cool yeah and it was the rezo coat for uh -huh. the ludwigs right yep. so i walk in there this snare drum, perfect condition, never been played. The rezo coat, there's no cracks, no the, the, the white paint on the inside. Yeah. And it comes with a case. It was like a kid's marching drum. Yeah, a lot of them were practice, like they're like the um, school, like for practicing and stuff mm -hmm. like that. They're given to kids. Yeah. And uh, the sweet old lady comes up and I was like, how much is this? I'm, I'm, you know, at the time I was so broke on the road. I was like, my per diem was my money for the day, right? Yeah. It's like 10 bucks. And uh, this old lady comes up and she, and I was like, how much is this? She's like, oh, um, that's like, let me see. Comes back. That's $80, hon. I was like, $80. Now, mind you, $80 is still a <laughs> yeah. steal, man. But I literally didn't have $80. Mm -hmm. And I think I had $40 cash. And I was like, I was so bummed. I'm like, I'm like that. Oh, I mean, I can I just can I just throw it out? I have forty dollars. Would you? And she's like, you know what, sweetie? Yeah, you can have this for forty dollars. And I walked out of there no like way. I peaked. This was like my one buy where I'm like, I, I scored. I scored. Yeah. And I never played it for a long time because it didn't suit the music I was playing. Yeah. But for the last waltz, that dry, powdery, you know, mm -hmm. snare was exactly what needed to be. And uh, I remember when we were sound checking <clears throat> through the monitor and the house, there was a resonating like, boom, mm -hmm. and I couldn't get it out. And I was like freaking out. I'm like, I don't want this to be recorded every snare hit. Yeah. So I doctored it and I taped it. And then it was only coming through my monitor, not the house at some point. Huh. So Thomas, uh, I forget his last name, he was doing the sound. He's like, dude, you're good. So I had to, to play the whole set here in this dong, dong, dong. Oh, no, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> but I got over it because yeah. in the recording, like, it's perfect. Like, that snare tone is so perfect. It's just yeah. this flat, you know, very flat and powdery yeah. kind of thing. It has a sound. And uh, sure. I always think, like, if it wasn't for that sweet old lady who mm -hmm. let me buy it, I probably would have played some crazy rock snare, and it just <laughs> wouldn't have sounded right. Like, that was the other half. I played... A kit's very similar to yours. Um, it was a 60s Ludwig. And I got all the old drums that I could find because it just has that sound. Yeah. All the boys played all their old gear. Obviously, yeah. Jody's got his Hammond, the organ, the Leslie. And we really tried to play those songs, not like a tribute band, not a cover band. It was Mrs. Henry playing those songs. But we loved, I learned those songs and learn to love them so much that without sounding boasty, like we were really trying to embody what the band mm -hmm. was, but through the Mrs. Henry mother, like spaceship. Yeah. 
So it's, I feel like when you listen to that recording, it's like you're hearing Mrs. Henry play those songs and we're not just trying to cover them. Right. Because no one wants, if you want to hear the original songs, you just go listen to the, the album. And there's uh, amazing people that do perfect covers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I want to hear a little bit of like your thing and what you do. And uh, we finished the night, total success. We filmed it. We recorded as much as we could, but man, it was run and gun. Like we had cameras that were malfunctioning. We barely got any footage of this thing because cameras were just dying Uh or people that were recording just weren't getting the right kind of angle. Mm -hmm. And the way that we put the doc together is just by threads of it was great of infer of uh footage you yeah know? so when you watch it it's just know that a lot of people are like oh can we see more of the footage and we're like literally that's all we were able to get like yeah. and to a, to a degree we're kind of bummed but what we got is still so yeah. beautiful and uh, i think it turned out great yeah you. i remember uh, i think you guys premiered it or like the day it had come out and megan and i had, had watched it yeah uh i put it like on our tv and stuff yeah i was i was it was great and it captured it you know, being someone who was there, mm-hmm. it was cool to cool to see it in that way. Yeah, we, you guys premiered it at like a at one of the film festivals, correct? That's right, the Oceanside uh, Film Festival. Yeah, um, and that was really cool. There was a little question and answer thing that we got to do. Mm. We we played the whole doc there for everybody. Uh, very special. I definitely feel like a part of me died forever <laughs> after doing that. You know, when you yeah. set an endeavor so high. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, just, I'm never gonna get that part of me back and that's okay <laughs> well i remember running into you uh when you guys were in rehearsals doing that and you told me like hey we're doing this thing mm-hmm. and, and i'd ask something I'm like oh man have you heard this and you're like no and you're like i am in yeah. this world that's all i'm listening to Dude. i am just like eating drinking and breathing <laughs> i was like damn i was like that's a dedicated shit right there oh my gosh and but it all makes sense. It was like you explained to me, and I love that. Like seeing the passion of you talking about, you're like I'm just trying to like embody. You know, you're obviously going to play the way that you play, but you're just like you're trying to let it kind of let the history of it kind of engulf and kind of come come out reincarnate. Yeah, and it was like it was cool. Yeah, and and thank you, Shane. Like <laughs> it means a lot to hear that. But learning all that, I've now adopted that playing into the stuff that I do now. So I'm yeah. very grateful to have forced my, well, somehow forced myself yeah. to do that. And, uh, you know. The only a- way I learn anything new to, on drums, honestly. Right. right? Is because I had to learn a part on something and yeah. it's like, I don't do that. So I had to like force myself to like, and then you're like, well, I'm going to put that one in my back yeah, pocket. exactly. <laughs> Dude, train shovel. The only Dude. reason why I had to learn train shovel yeah. is because of silent comedy. Never in my wildest years would yeah. be like, I'm going to sit down and learn how to do a shuffle. Yeah. I don't. No, that's now is definitely a fundamental for sure. But at the yeah. time, I was like, "This is so dumb!" Like, oh gosh. And now I'm like, "Oh, I'll sneak it in over here and yep. do it like that." Like, yeah, <laughs> that's why I've, I've grown. That's grown to be one of my favorite favorite ones too. Growing up and playing in the church, it was like that a lot. Mm. Where it says, "Well, can we do like we want a train beat?" And you'd be so mad to be I'm like, "Really? You're gonna make me play this stupid ass thing right now?" Yeah. And then now, I meantime, that comes up. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll play that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of finesse. When a good you know, train beat comes in, shuffle, you're just yeah. like, ooh, yeah. you're in it. You're yeah. in the sauce right there, you know, because when it's not played well, it's it's very, it's very telling. <laughs> very <laughs> it stands stiff. Or, yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, we also recorded it and put out the, um, it's a triple LP mm-hmm. vinyl. 
which is just what the band did as well. We wrote all the liner notes handwritten. So that's also available to buy if you ever want to own it, or you can also stream it online, yeah. stuff like that. So Sounds great. Yeah. You guys killed it on that. Yeah, thank you. That's such a cool thing. I know. So how'd you get into doing beer? That's another thing I mm-hmm. thought of the other day uh, as I'm drinking. As <laughs> yeah. So to be noted, Northern Pine, uh, Chad, Chad is one of the brewers over there. Very, uh, yeah. So Aaron Ortega and Bobby Parsons are the uh, brewers over there. And Ann Ortega, Aaron's wife, they're all three owners. And they are just a trio of a team. Um, <clears throat> and going back into that gray area of not being on the road with silent comedy, whenever we were home, I would go over to their house, which quick side story to that, the, how I met them was we first played in Boise, Idaho, and we needed a place to stay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we put out on Facebook was still like semi-normal. Uh, hey, if anybody wants to house us, we'll get... <laughs> Facebook was semi-normal. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, if anybody wants to house us, we'll get you some tickets, some swag, like, you know, and that can go two different ways. You know, uh, one time we showed up and these people were crazy. We're like, we're getting the hell out of here. And then another time it works out. So we kind of, you know, so um, these guys replied and they said, hey, you could stay at our parents' house. Uh, they're great people. And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We, and then time gets closer. No opportunity was there. So we're like, we'll just, we'll just roll with it. More weeks go by and they emailed us and said, hey, we're actually going to take a quick vacay, go out there, and we'll all stay at, my, at our parents' house. We're like, cool. So we're sound checking and they show up with craft beer, local craft beer from Boise, uh, two plates of tacos, one regular and one vegetarian because two of the dudes are veggie in the band. And they walk in, they say hello, and they're like, cool, we'll see you after. And we they leave the dressing room, and we're like, uh, these guys are amazing. Holy <laughs> shit, yeah. right? There was no hanging, getting awkward, or really, uh, you know. In the, <clears throat> and fast forward almost 10 years now, you know, whenever I had a break, I'd go hang out with them and uh, go do Thanksgiving, go do July 4th, whatever. Well, they would always be brewing in their alleyway just hanging out. It'd be brew day. They put the pop-up tents and they're just drinking and making beer. So I just go and hang out and get, get a good day buzz and hang out with good people, listen to music. And, uh, you know, I just, obviously I, I always want to learn. So I'm like, show me how you're doing this. What's, what's going on? So they kind of gave me the basics and, you know, I was just like, this is really cool. And I would just go and hang out. And then, um, as it kind of progressed, like, I was like, man, I'd love to make a beer one day. They're like, cool, man. Yeah. Like, absolutely come by. And so then one day, uh, uh, they were like, well, what kind of beer would you want to make? And at the time I was doing the craft cocktail bartending and I loved rye whiskey and I Mm. like just the idea of rye. And I was like, Hmm, I've never had a rye porter. And they were like, dude, we've never made one. This is great. Let's do this. So we did a big brew day and it was, uh, still on my phone. I'll show you when we're done. It was a triple, we made three beers in one day which was wild. And all the dogs were running around. It was like, go, go, go. And we're drink, drink, drink. And we're getting buzzed. And we're like, ah, timers. And like, it was so beautiful. And um, we made this rye porter and it was so delicious. So I remember we had it on my birthday and I brought a little keg and I was so proud to show it off. And uh, more years go by and they started getting serious about it. And they were like, yeah, one day we're going to open a brewery. And I said, well, if you guys do this, I would love to be a part of it in some fashion, whether I'm just beer tending or whether, you know, I can just help out with the construction. 
Well, it ended up coming out with construction on the building. We're digging trenches and then I'd go to work and make cocktails and my hands are shaking, trying to pour with the jiggers and shake it up because I'm just so <laughs> sore from digging. And um, slowly just would moved into a very quickly uh, an assistant brewer where I was cellaring everything and still do. And then uh, basically just, yeah, like a very expedited, quick mm. learning of how to make beer on a production size level. Um, again, another opportunity that I shouldn't have been given, but I was very grateful and am blessed to have taken the opportunity yeah. to, to just learn more in life, you know, and um, it's, it's pretty cool because like the band mindset of touring and working together and problem solving is almost identical in what we do at Northern Pine with all of, all of us. Like something breaks, we got to figure it out. Something happens with customers, we got to figure it out. Like, um, you know, and uh, I'm in, I've been in there for three years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, they just uh, promoted me to an official brewer. No way. So I'm very, Congrats. I was very excited. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, those guys are just such great teachers. Like they, yeah. They uh, were in the military, and they actually like work on badass drones and stuff. And so they're crazy science shit. Isn't that cool, man? Like, <laughs> oh, dude, like aeronautical engineering. And yeah. Then, oh yeah, and we make beer. And I'm like, whoa, dude. And so the way that they can just uh, educate and teach mm -hmm. is is very. It's for my dumb brain. It's like they break it down so easy, and uh, they've allowed me to learn everything in three years that would have taken quite a long time. And obviously, I'm still on a sliding curve, but. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the story on how I got into it. That's and, rad. And, I didn't realize that because mm -hmm. I know that you were at Urge at one point, mm -hmm. and you were, were you just bartending there, I, or were you working with them on their beer as well? Or uh, so yeah, all the well, I only made the one porter with them at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, but they had done all their homebrew recipes at home, and then yeah. shifted those and scaled them to the brew house yeah. that we have. Uh, but while they were doing construction, I was bartending. Yeah, and I'd run over and help. And then, oh, okay. Yeah. See, I didn't even I didn't realize. I think my dumb brain just put all that together that you had had built that stuff with them prior and kind of <clears throat> we're just doing that kind of waiting almost for for Northern Pine to kind of come to fruition. Yeah, and I mean they they are they searched high and low for that building and it was a blessing and how it all came together yeah. and uh crazy amount of work that we did. Yeah. It was well, dude, I used to go they used to be a um <laughs> Carniceria. Uh, uh -huh. Is that how you say that? Carniceria. Carniceria. I'm, I'm too well, white. Yeah. Yeah. The same. Uh, but my there, there used to, like nine and cent stores there, and there used to be a uh, canned food warehouse. Oh, nice. And so uh, we go shopping there on the weekends. My my dad would drag me along to go shopping and buy all this cheap bullshit. Mm -hmm. And then we, but it'd always be our thing. We go there and we'd get carnitas every weekend oh, and take carnitas home. So it was this good. little like little. Um, so it was cool to see that evolve yeah. into, and that's in my neighborhood still. I still live right down the street. Right. So good. Yeah, I love there's, that. There's still people that come in and are like, man, I remember when this thing was. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Somebody, there's these two sisters that come in and they said that, and I don't know if it's true or not, but they said it used to be a sizzler too, like in the 60s. That's that's pretty, crazy. That'd be pretty cool, but yeah. <laughs> it's a big sizzler. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that's yeah. A trip. Yeah. We got our second location opening up in february even amongst all those crazy times like yeah somehow opening a second location is on the horizon still and they are just powerhouse like set the goal get the vision mm -hmm. and we're gonna move you know it's very inspiring too yeah. to take all that back to the band world and just 
you know, in in a sense with all this time, like we have to, we got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, it was important to take a bit of a break and regroup. Yeah. But might as well use the time. Yeah. Constructively. Seeing that a lot. Yeah. I mean, obviously and very unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses that are, are, uh, are suffering and in that, um, but there's, uh, it's been interesting to watch. There's a lot of people who've kind of just seen it, seen what's happening and they're mm-hmm. just like kind of going all in on basically saying like, I'm not willing, surviving isn't really enough for me. Like I gotta, we're gonna make sure that we come out of this mm-hmm. firing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love seeing that, yeah. and that people like, like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna do some stuff. Right, yeah. And it's a trip. Oh, but, yeah, and if and when when it all comes back, you're ready, locked and loaded, ready to play your next hand. You know, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with just regrouping and settling. Yeah, because this is pretty stressful. But if you have an opportunity, I'd say do it. You yeah. Know? Um, with the with the Henry boys, we started recording April. Mm. Everything was down. We all quarantined together. We were all safe. We didn't know how it was going down, and then started hitting the hitting the tape and just being like we want to come out of this with a new record and uh, we're gonna have that ready to go by next year hopefully Hell things yeah. are back going you know yeah um, but we could have just sat there and i think a lot of great artists are gonna have some amazing music coming out yeah, like i, I hope so. so excited dude i really hope so man. man that's like i i'm in that i tend to fall into that bus mm-hmm. of like in my head going like this is a massive opportunity. Like when else do you have this time where you are not out playing all the time and you're not doing that? Like, you know, we're sitting on this where you're kind of forced to kind of settle in and doing things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, let's all take it, take the time. We're all quarantined together. And then, but we're going to go in, we're going to take that thing, you know, sacrifice to do that. And then we're going to go double down and we're going to, we're going to do something, you know, we're going to make something of it. And, and it's been interesting because there is, there's a lot of people who have just been like, I'm just going to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I definitely, I love seeing people that are just like hustling for it. Yeah. And and I think that there's going to be a massive, like this is going to be a historical time. Mm-hmm. That's going to be looked back on for a long time. And like most significant historical time periods, there's a lot of things that just birth out of it. And um, I think that this is going to be an iconic time for people who are going all in and who are like embracing it. Mm-hmm. And then they're coming out firing because, you know, and especially because people are going to be hungry. Oh, my gosh. Like when, oh, my gosh. When yeah. hopefully if we get to a time where things have get to go back to some sort of normalcy, like yeah. people are going to be starved yeah. for, you know, music and the arts and all these things. And um think for for people and not only that but embracing like how how thing quickly things have adapted and changed yes and the way you've been able to do things through streaming and uh you know on the internet and all these different avenues and finding a way that people have pivoted and how that's going to change the way a lot of things are just moving from now till forever yeah and um but seeing how people are going to kind of implement those things and then um but on top of that just who's gonna who's gonna come out like yeah beast mode and ready right yeah and the, the game know, is changing yeah it's i don't think it will ever be the same but yeah. i think it's going to level up mm-hmm. and uh like you said the the pivoting is 
the major factor in this and how it's going to go. Um, like live shows, like think about like a Coachella size festival and the amount of people like that. I, there, I think there will always be somebody wearing a mask and that's okay. Yeah. But if we can get back to that, I'm like, I, my, 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 my brain thinking of that is so far, but it is, people are ready to do it as long as we can do it. Yeah. But I also think like the, um, the, the, just the game is going to be different. You know, bands need to, you know, venues need to pay bands more. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're doing the work and they're bringing the music yeah. and yet the venues need to stay open too. Yeah. And there needs to be this, there's going to, I think there's going to be some kind of shift with the relationship between bands, albums, venues, tickets yeah and and licensing uh, things are going to change yeah. it just has to well you know and the market's always dictated by things like value mm -hmm. and uh san diego market in particular has been a place where it's hard to get places to pay mm -hmm. because by and large like the value that an area like this has on music with the distraction of all the other things is unfortunately hasn't isn't as high mm. And so for a business, you know, like a band's going to come in and like, well, we can pay you, but we can only pay you based on the value that is coming in. Yeah. And so for places who obviously like a belly up or things like that, who are solely 100% dependent on music, the value of music's really high. Right. But a lot of other places who are doing other things and they're also offering music, it's just another avenue. And it's been hard. I've, I think for me, I saw, I've been in an interesting seat being a business owner. And then also being a musician. So I have this thing yeah. where I like I can think about it from their perspective and right. understand. So I'm always trying to figure out, well, how can I make it worth it for them more? How can I navigate? How can I get us paid more while not putting a burden on them more yeah. and those things too? Because as a business, there especially so many venues are also happen to be restaurants and how like restaurant business is such a difficult thing anyway with such minimal margins. The the constantly shoveling money out and for people who are not bringing a return on their investment it kills it's it's horrible for all the other people who are out there really doing it and who are really bringing extra value mm -hmm. but that being said again going back there's gonna be a shift where like the value on music and live entertainment even right now is through the roof yeah like the opportunity to see music is rare so places that you can go see music it's, you know, like it's people, you know, places like Coomber here in town mm -hmm. who are doing music seven nights a week. You know, they have very limited seating that, that's packed out. Yeah. And I think that um, and that's going to shift too in terms of like the music industry by and large has always been kind of, at least where you make money has always been these huge monster artists or these ones that are out there and they're killing it and um, massive tours and all those things. And it's like, massive tours aren't going to be a thing for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, like it just leveled the playing field. That, like, a smaller artist, this, like, m lower mid-range thing, like, we have the upper hand for the first time ever. Yeah. In the sense that, um, we like, small market's our game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, uh, and I think that, like, it's going to be, I hope, my, my hope is that, especially in like local communities, that they're finding ways to um, really focus on, on bringing in the local music scene and, and finding ways to kind of make that 
thing a possibility for each other because there's a lot of that there's a lot of that still going on where it's like well how do we strip down this major artist who once sold out like a fifteen thousand mm. seat place and then now we'll just you know we'll make it a hundred cap spot and we'll just charge through the roof like that's going to happen but i think it's the most accessible thing is going to be the local music yeah um so i'm i'm with all the people i'm involved with i'm constantly thinking about like well we need to make sure that we're constantly sitting on that on the top of what's happening and yeah. being relevant to what's going on yeah because it's going to happen like that dude and our community in San Diego right now is kicking butt. I mean, yeah. no one's really stopped also. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, San Diego is a very tourism town. Mm -hmm. So people come in and out, in and out, in and out. But people that were all around that, and even people that were not around but are in San Diego community that are all doing the music, I think, I I really hope and believe that San Diego will get more on the map pretty soon mm -hmm. with all the stuff that will be coming out in this next chapter mm -hmm. you know what i mean and we don't have to go to, to la or we don't have to go to the other hubs right. out yeah, everywhere um i just uh everyone is just grinding man and it's yeah. good it's so good it. it's like yeah. you know like back to that homies grinding i want to grind like we yep. gotta all grind together and it's yeah. we're all getting stronger and i don't think it's I don't think it's going to affect us too much, you know, moving. We just pivot and mm -hmm. ready for it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. But what do you think about that uh, little gold juice there? Oh, you want to dive into that? Well, just, a, you know, a little something, little something. Sum. <laughs> a little something, something. I love that. <laughs> you were drinking tea. I was trying not to, to blow your, uh, you know. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to drink as much, but you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're here. We must. It's our, it's our little ceremony, you know. Excellent portion. Excellent. Perfecto. Oh, let's go. Nice. Oh. Well, Dude. cheers, man. Thank uh, you for doing this. Honor and a pleasure yeah. to be on here. This is great. And uh good. And sharing sharing the juice. Yeah, the juice. Uh have you been doing any recording during this? Um you know, not as much. Mm -hmm. Um I had the opportunity to do a couple things with Shane Hall. We did a single. Um and then Honestly, so everything kind of just, I had intentions to, for yeah. sure. When everything, especially because I had the, the space to be able to kind of do it. So when everything kind of happened, everyone at first was like, oh, let's buckle down. And then it mm -hmm. just was like, it was chaos. And everyone kind of, everyone is going to fall um, on different kind of areas of where they are sitting in terms of how they feel about what they can and can't do. And trying to navigate, which I love is that, like with you, you mentioned, like you guys all just committed to being like, we're going to quarantine. We're going to do, we're going to all together do this thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel I was, I, I was really hoping that with some of the projects we were going to dive in a little more, but, um, but I am super excited. I have some stuff that's kind of coming to life uh, now. And it's like this thing where I feel like we got to a spot where there, there's some sort of hope that there's an end in sight. And I got some people that are are are, are definitely they're they're trying to get ready. Yeah, and people are working with some 
players, man. I mean, even out in Nashville and stuff like yeah. that. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been out to Nashville in a while. I'm actually going out there the first week of December. Cool. I'll be out. I'm excited to go do that. Um, but yeah, but Hollander is one in particular. Um, man, she's, she's a hustler. She's grinding. I mean, she's, she's been working non nonstop. She's found a way. Mm. Um, you know, she was gigging, vir- doing virtual stuff. Yeah, and she's then powerhouse. It's, it's <laughs> any opportunity that has come up, like gone back to the same. She's adopted the same philosophy. Mm-hmm. The philosophy that I'm super hardcore adamant about is that that yes thing. You know, say yes till your book's full. Mm-hmm. Now my time has value, right? And now I have the power to say no. And she's been on that, and she's killing it. And she writes so much, like she's so often. I get music from her every week multiple times a week i can't even keep up with the stuff she's sending man and uh and so yeah but we're about to start um working on some new tunes uh a few songs that we had done previously we're just going to kind of knock them out get them done put them out and then we're going to start working on a, a new full-length record with her cool excellent Super for that oh man yeah yeah and bringing in some players for that i'm really excited to be working with yeah um so there's that and then but that's that's mostly it. I mean, I've been doing some some a little bit of recording here with um like solo artists, mm-hmm. which is been great. Um and I'm I'm kind of in this space where that was kind of my focus pre-COVID going in. I'd started doing I'd started like a uh thing called Orange Blossom Management. And, that's right. and it was really just an avenue for me to kind of take what I had been doing as far as with bands I was in and kind of, um, and having done music over the years, you just are constantly meeting people and you're building relationships with people. And, um, I was just constantly encountering people who were trying and they're just in this space of not really knowing how to navigate. And, uh, San Diego in particular, it was one of those things where I was like, well, I know the ropes enough that where I felt like I could, let me help. Let me offer and help you kind of dodge some of the bullets that I've seen along the way or, or wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. And like, let me just get, yeah, kind of, let me help you find your, your way in that. Let me help. I have, I, you know, I'm not by any means have anything extravagant to offer other than, Oh, like I know this, let me help open this door. Let me do, you know, do some of that. So I kind of found a way to filter it into a thing that kind of just would help me wrap my brain around it. Yeah. And then, um, so in particular I was, I was been doing bookings. So I have a couple of places that I book. And funnel artists through, um, so I'm funnel some of these people through, and then, um, but yeah, and then just kind of partnering with people to say, let me help you put something out. You mm-hmm. need to have something out, and you don't need to go spend several thousand dollars in the studio. Yeah. You're not ready for that anyway. Right. Right. Um, and I just have the stuff. I have. I've acquired the stuff to do for my own things, and it's sitting here, and it's like, why not? Yeah. Put it to use and and give some people an opportunity to be heard and. So I've been focusing on that and kind of I have a few people I'm working with. Cool. I'm, I'm trying to kind of navigate that. It's so important because I think if we can't do shows, then documenting something mm-hmm. for people to hear now while you have to be at home or limited for your yeah. out, outsideness, you might as well do it, you know. Yeah. And just so everybody at home knows, Shane's got a beautiful setup in here, <laughs> beautiful drum set, some great mics. And uh, so come here. You want to <laughs> lay some stuff down? Yeah. Um, I think that's that's great, dude. I mean, 
I definitely want to do some stuff in here. I know we Let's were talking it. about yeah. maybe doing the Twitch thing or, yeah. you know, trying to do something like that. There's a like lot that. of things, man. They're, they're all out there. It's uh, There's so many opportunity. And that's, you know, that's one of the things I love about where we've progressed to as far as like technology and things go is, I mean, it's really left not a lot of room for excuses. Like, you can't really have an excuse to not do something anymore. Right. Which sucks if you're an excuse person. But uh, but the reality is like there's just so many different things you can be doing. And there's so many opportunities that are just right there. Yeah. And if you, um, if you're, if you got the inspiration or you got the little thing that you want yeah. to share and you have an outlet, do it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a big, I'm, unfortunately, I'm a big, like, big idea. Yeah. And then... I'll make an excuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I am that yeah, guy. Yeah. I just know myself with like, yeah. you know, uh, but now I'm trying to be like, I got it. Let's just do it now. Let's just get it out of the way. You know what I mean? Let's just, or or just schedule it. Put it mm-hmm. in your phone, schedule that thing. You're good to go. It's going to happen. Yeah. If you always just keep kind of like, oh, I'll get to it. Oh, I'll get to it. Oh, I'll get to it. You'll never get, you, you, I, won't, I won't get to it. Yeah. Um, you That's know. natural. We all do that. Yeah. But making that, better and stronger the discipline and then and all of a sudden you're just doing everything all at once you, yeah. you know or like when it shows up yeah you know yeah i'm um, a big big advocate of that um like i said fill your calendar man dude it's like it's everything yeah but also fill your calendar with self-time too you know what yeah, i mean like absolutely that's, yeah i know people I, grind I themselves at. i feel that nothing but, yeah but to be honest with you i mean well here's the other side too so when i was like um fully wrapped in um our business mm. um doing music was my self-time so Excellent. i was yes. doing a lot yeah, and yeah, i was yeah. grinding hard right but that was my time yeah and that was the thing where i was finding life mm. and um and i'm that way i'm built that way i like being out mm-hmm. I, I need to be around people um and that's just how i'm fulfilled and doing music is what i prefer to be doing mm. and uh so for me it was like yeah i was working 60 something hours a week, seven days a week, you know, barely surviving. And then being like, yeah, I'll play in four bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that but was your like, therapy. That was your was. release. That was yeah. your, your calm time. Like, yeah. I mean, that's okay. Then that's it. I mean, yeah. everyone's obviously different. Everyone's different. For, you know. But so for me, that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of where, where it's at, uh, which was, it was definitely interesting to navigate that going through all this stuff because mm-hmm. it was such a slowdown. And, um, and because everything all of a sudden got kind of like out of your routines and stuff too. Mm. I found myself at one point being kind of like, being like, ah, I don't want to do that. You know, just being like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I caught myself a couple times doing that. I'm like, I need to snap out of this shit fast. That's yeah. why we grow beer so we can slap yeah. ourselves. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> and, uh, and then sure as shit, it was just like, it, then all of a sudden it was like, boom, boom. Yep, yep, I'll do this. Yep, I'll do that. Yeah, and uh, I was saying no to a, a, a lot of stuff just because I was just not feeling like doing anything. I was just being lazy, but yeah. um, but it was good. I haven't had that kind of, which I appreciate for myself personally. Like I haven't had that kind of this kind of time to say no and do nothing, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting, interesting spot. But uh, you know, we had a big, a long road trip and. Dude, that, yes, that, yes, like, you did. That I came out of that inspired, and a mm-hmm. lot of driving, a mm. lot, all that, and it's just a lot of thinking. A you lot in of nature, yeah. Me, mm. and my wife, two dogs, and yeah. nature. 
and lots love, of miles. Some horsepower. Yeah. yeah. Some puppy love. Yeah. Like, oh it was great. Goodness. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, I came out of that just ready. Yeah. And uh and and so I, it's it's been yeah, so I got stuff in the works, a lot of stuff coming down the line. Um, this, this being one of them this is one of the more, the, the things I've been most excited about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been such a, a rad outlet and something I've wanted to do for a long time. Dude. So it's been, it's been dope. So exciting, man. Yeah. Like your, 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 uh, family truck excursion. I had a similar recently. Yeah. I went to the mountains for three days mm. on a kind of a men's retreat. Yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Same experience. Yeah. I mean, I have no words. Mm-hmm. I have no words uh, except for just like love came back ready to go. Mm-hmm. I am ready to go. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all the, the last six months, it was like callousing and yeah. calcifying and just, oh, getting stiff and just yeah. like, dude, I went to this thing and re-embraced myself back to nature with a with a group of great men giving space for each other understanding where we are what we're doing and like i'm just processing this all through my like flow of what i'm doing back at home Mm -hmm. music work life love everything right but you gotta get away for a second sometimes get that recharge yeah come back grounded and you're like all right it is go time yeah and before that go time might have been so like Oh, I know I gotta, I can know I gotta grind, but I'm just like, oh, yeah. find something that makes you go, all right, yeah, time to go. Like, yeah, breaking the cycle. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those mm-hmm. finding a thing to kind of just shuffle it up and just be like, because I, I just know for myself, granted, for myself, I've just always been so busy. So it's like, go, 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 go has been my cycle. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but even then, me and my wife's like that very much so. Like, she gets a spot where she just hits a wall. Mm. She's like, we got to go somewhere. Yeah. I got to go do something. Oh. I got to do something other than just do what we keep doing every week. That's right. And it's not even that what we're doing every week is bad. And it's not like any of those things. It's just she gets to a spot way sooner than I do. I thrive off. As long as I'm busy and I'm doing stuff, I'm good. Uh, but yeah, she, she'll hit that and she'll be like, we got to go. Mm-hmm. And I know it. Cause it'll, it'll come up like once she'll kind of mention it and I'll like, okay. And then it, it's, I see the, like, it'll come up again and I see how often it comes up being a little bit closer together. And it's, it's like, okay, how long can I push this for before? It's like, it's snap time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and you don't want to snap. No, don't want to get there. Snap. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's kind of that, that trip was like that. Actually. So that, that road trip we did was, uh, originally we were supposed to be in Italy. Oh yeah, it was my yeah. wife's fortieth birthday, and we were supposed to be in Italy, but we had to cancel all that. And then, so I was—I don't really know how, but I was like, "Oh, you want to just do like a long ass road trip around country?" Yeah. And she was like, "Yep." Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the pictures you posted, dude, it was like that's some stock photo right there. You just sell <laughs> out on the side too. <laughs> I'll Gorgeous. take it with an iPhone. I know. That's I know. crazy. I know, man. Yeah. Goodness. But, yeah. yeah. So it's good. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Here we are. Knocked yeah, out. I know. A couple hours. Oh, what are we at now? I mean, right around two hours. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies. It does. Yeah. But hey. this is dope. Yeah. I love it. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Shane. I'm very honored to be on. Yeah. Number three. And uh, for listeners, I will. We mentioned a lot of stuff, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to try and add links to all the 
all the things. But totally. definitely check out The Last Waltz. Follow Mrs. Henry. Mrs. Do Henry. all the things. Yeah. Thank you, dude. Yeah. I mean, if I could plug the other ones, Mrs. Henry. Ab- absolutely. Creature in the Woods. Yeah. Silent Comedy. Uh, Mama Rockstone, which I didn't really get a chance to explain. Oh, shit. We can dive into that. Well, I mean, we don't have to be over. I, I mean, mean it would be, be a quick one, but <laughs> yeah. uh, my best friend, roommate, and vinyl DJ extraordinaire, uh, Alex Basaj, a.k.a. DJ Lexicon. Yeah. Uh, him and uh, Sir Ben Lancelot Ambrosini, uh, we started a side project called uh, Mama Rockstone, which um, our other buddy, Noah Likas, his little daughter came up with that name one no day way. and uh, he came to us and said, Hey, if you ever need a band name, uh, Magnolia just came up with a great name. And we were literally like racking our brains trying to figure out what to call this. No thing. Way. Uh, but basically that project is us going to big bear, staying at an Airbnb called Danny's den. Hmm. And, uh, we partake in some fun and we write, <laughs> we write some music and we immediately go home and get in the studio. And we've put out a track every year. And uh, it's just, that's what it's going to be. We might never play a live show, hmm. but we got, um, we're about to drop another single on Spotify. It's currently out on SoundCloud. So one track a year. One track a year. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we've had a couple different hands on the engineering and yeah. mixing mastering process. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a fun power trio. Both Alex and Ben sing, two different vocalists. And uh, it's a good, good little side project. It's just straight rock and roll. Yeah, but it's, well, I can't uh, wait to hear that. Yeah, Alex does all the artwork, yeah. and um, it's a, it's a fun one. So. Sounds awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. Other than that, it was great. We'll go check that out too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell yeah. All right, y'all.